Congress is in recess this month and all is quiet in Washington. What better time to consider the future than when nothing is happening on Capitol Hill? Before leaving town, the Senate left us a surface transportation bill that still has a long way to go. Exactly how far is that? Far enough that we may yet need an extension of the current authorization by next December if we want to finish the job. This is Hard Facts. I'm Robert Johnson. The excitement over committee passage of a bill addressing surface transportation needs remains. But the reality is, the unanimous vote of the Senate EPW committee to move a bill before the August break is only one step in a very long process. John Duzer knows Congress very well, logging serious time on staff in the Senate and the House. Today, he counsels the Portland Cement Association and others on transportation legislation and policy. We begin the conversation asking him what's next for the Water Resources Development Act, considering the president signed it into law last October. So what is coming next is both of the principal committees on Capitol Hill, the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee and the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, have begun um, at least initial work on uh, legislation. The Senate committee has asked for input from members and suggestions and requests that they might like to see in a bill to be sent over to the full committee staff and the, the chairman for consideration by October. And we've also heard that the House wants to get started on its process as well. So they've started the initial work on this, and they've had some hearings over the, the last so many months looking at implementation of last year's law. There is a report that is due to Capitol Hill from the Army Corps of Engineers in February looking at implementation and and making some recommendations about next steps. So I think you will see some of the the groundwork being laid by both of the major committees on the Hill in the next few months, but you probably won't see any votes or new legislation being unveiled until after that report comes out from the Corps next February. Is all of this necessary before money is spent on building projects or repairing infrastructure that exists today? No, the money is allocated by Congress on a separate track. So even if for some reason there wasn't a new word of bill passed and enacted next year, the old legislation would still govern and the parallel funding process would go on. It's funded year to year by appropriations process, which is how Congress allocates money on an annual basis. So the word of bill helps give Congress guidance on how that money should be spent, and it helps give the core guidance on day-to-day operations and implementation of congressional goals. But even if there wasn't a word of bill, you'd still have money going out the door. So it's important, though, to have that because it, it is the handbook, essentially, for how we want to proceed, what our priorities might be, what we're thinking needs to be addressed next, that sort of thing. Yes, sir. Handbook is a good way to put it. In the past, Congress did not work regularly on word of bills. Say going back to the 90s and the early 2000s, there would be long periods of time where there wouldn't be any update of the legislation, and it left the core and and the regulators a little bit adrift. And some of the infrastructure in place dates back to the New Deal and and to the 20s in some cases. And there was a growing recognition in Congress that we really need to start paying more attention to this and keeping an eye on how the money is being spent because this area really needs to be updated. 
So starting back in 2014, Congress made a conscientious decision that it wanted to keep a closer eye on this and be more regularly engaged. And so they passed a major word of bill in 2014 that updated the underlying law, the, the handbook, as you called it, for the Corps. And then they also did the same in 2016 and 2018. They had smaller, less ambitious bills, but they were still very helpful. And they're going to do the same in 2020. And that's a good thing. Again, a lot of this infrastructure goes back almost 100 years. And there needs to be some oversight and direction to the Corps and to others on the best way to spend the money and to bring waterways infrastructure fully into the 21st century. Most of this, I think, is detail that escapes people who even build these projects. Absolutely. If you go back, say, to what was built during the New Deal or or even before that, I think the scale and the magnitude would really surprise them. But there's always been, really among both political parties and and going back to the founding fathers in the 1700s, that the recognition that America is blessed with a vibrant, fantastic waterway system that's a real natural resource that needs to be marshaled and managed in a way that really helps propel the economy forward. So it has grown as as the country has grown over the years, but I think you're right. There's not really any doubt that the magnitude and the detail is something that's far beyond what people in the past might have thought, and it's probably good that we're working on this on a regular basis now. Speaking of working on things on a regular basis, the surface reauthorization gets a little more publicity. People are, I think, in the industry and maybe even outside of the industry somewhat more familiar with the fact that we go through that process about every six years. That's what we're supposed to do. Sometimes it takes longer than it should to get a final bill in place. A little bit different this year, though. uh, The Senate EPW committee got their work done before the August break, and now uh, as people are out uh, in the districts and the home states doing their work there, the focus turns to the Finance Committee on the Senate side. What, what's happening there? What do you expect to be the discussion around the Senate's bill when everyone gets back here after Labor Day? I guess what we're looking to see is if the Finance Committee can carry on any of that momentum and that success that we saw when the Public Works Committee was able to pass a bill, much to everyone's great surprise. We'd all hoped that it would happen, but we weren't sure that they'd be able to meet their goal, but they did. And We're all very hopeful about that, and there was a sense of momentum to the process after they did that, and now it goes over to the Finance Committee to see if they can find the funds and come up with some ideas about revenue to fill the coffers. The EPW bill called for a 27% increase over the life of the reauthorization of the programs, which is great news. I think we all recognize that we need to increase our investment in infrastructure, but now it's up to finance committee to actually do the hard work of finding out where they're going to find that money. Are they going to increase a gas tax? Are they going to try to implement something new like a virtual miles traveled levy of some sort? Would they, instead of maybe increasing the tax per se, would they simply just index it to inflation? They're the ones who actually have to dig down into the tax code and find where that money would come from. And I guess our hope is, and all of us who work in this area, is that They'll carry some of the momentum and some of the optimism that came with the small surprise we saw out of EPW a few weeks ago. I would think the EPW committee would say putting a big bill like that together is a lot of work, but finding the money to pay for it is probably even more of a chore. 
It is. It's always, no pun intended, the $64 million question. And in some instances in the past, Congress has gone out and found more money. And in some cases, they've just reauthorized programs and tried to streamline them and make them run better and and tried to find money through savings. There is widespread recognition on Capitol Hill among the members and the staff that the federal gas tax has not been increased since 1993. And even though members do not like voting on gas tax increases, they all know that at some point that has to be addressed, whether through an increase or some of the other changes that we just talked about. And so you, you never know when those stars are going to align that the opportunity comes up to do that. But we all know and they all know that at some point it is going to have to happen. A quarter century without an increase just isn't sustainable for a country the size of ours and, and an economy like ours that's so dependent on transportation. So the job now for the Senate committee, the Senate Finance Committee, and the congressional committees is to try to, to lay groundwork and do the best they can to get ready in case those political stars line up in some way in between now and, say, 2020. You know what you're talking about when it comes to the Senate. You spent a lot of time up there, didn't you? Yes, sir. I worked for uh, two senators for about nine years, and I worked on the House side for about six years. And a lot of that time, I worked for former Senator Jim Bunning from Kentucky, who served on the Finance Committee. And like EPW, it's a committee that likes to do things by consensus. We saw that the transportation bill that came out of EPW a few weeks ago came out in a bipartisan, unanimous vote. And finance likes to work that way as well because they realize that a lot of the issues they deal with are very political and they're very sensitive and challenging for members. And so a lot of times their work is it's halting and it's, they'll have the public hearings that then they'll go behind closed doors and really kind of hash things out and try to get to a point where they get as many people together as they can. Maybe not unanimously, but they try to get as many people as possible together and then come out and present a united front on, on something like new taxes or new revenue. But that might not be politically popular, but we know that's necessary. It sounds like that process is going to take a little bit longer than it took EPW to get their committee vote done a few weeks ago. I think that's very safe to say. It's a lot easier to talk about streamlining some programs and some permitting and and setting up some new grant programs, say, for resiliency and other areas, and to talk about how you would spend the money when you have it, as opposed to actually saying how you're going to actually raise the money. So I, I suspect this is going to take longer than we all want. Will we see anything from finance before the end of the year? I suspect that they will start working on it in terms of maybe a hearing or two on options or possibilities for revenue and looking at how revenue has been coming in and what the needs are going to be going forward. They'll want to lay as much groundwork as they can, lay the predicate for any any action they might take. I think we should expect to see maybe a hearing or two on options and on where things actually stand when it comes to transportation revenue over the next coming months. And then when we get into 2020, we'll start to see if the political stars align. Sometimes in a big election year like that, both sides decide that they think that it's a good idea to work on a bipartisan bill that everybody can claim as a victory. And sometimes both sides retreat into their corners and don't have any interest in working across the aisle. And I think it's really too early for us to know right now what the dynamic next year is going to be. Do you think the number in the bill? changes 
when the finance committee gets a hold of it, or do they try to stick to the number that came from EPW in the end? They'll try to stick to it as much as they can. There might be a little bit of discussion between the leadership and the chairman and the top Democrat on each committee, but they will try to respect the EPW committee's work as much as they can because the more consensus they have on that then the more votes they have on the floor for what could be a politically difficult vote. You're going to try to look for friends. You're not going to try to look for pick fights on something like this. Do you think the vote happens before the presidential election? It has to, doesn't it? There have to be some sort of vote before the election because the fast track authorization expires before then. I think the most likely outcome is they have some sort of short term extension that gets them past the election, either into a a lame duck session or further into 2021. It's been the default in the past. If they don't feel like they can act, they'll just extend the current law for a period of months. That's my would be my initial guess now, almost a year out. But like I said, every presidential election cycle is different and how Congress reacts to it is differently. And I've seen a lot of cycles where everybody felt worried on Capitol Hill and they thought maybe it'd be good for us to have a big legislative win under our belts and and let's try to come together on this. And other cycles where everybody thought it was better to be antagonistic and to have a clearly marked line between the two sides. We honestly just don't know yet how that's going to turn out. It's very tough to read the tea leaves in Washington, which is why we're going to ask you to do that now. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it's the sport. It's part of the game here, trying to figure out what's next. For people who are out in the rest of the country doing their work, paying the taxes, trying to make sense of all of this and the impact it has on them and their businesses, what should they be looking for? Tell them what you're watching so they can watch along with you as we go into the fall. So I think what I'm going to be watching for the next three or four months until the end of the year, people might remember back in July that Congress and the White House, both Republicans and Democrats and the president, signed off on a budget agreement that lays out a blueprint for the next two years for how much money Congress can spend and how it allocates funds among the 12 different bills that has to pass each year that make up that whole, all of the budget spending for the federal government. And so far, they hadn't made much progress on that until they passed this agreement and they raised the federal debt ceiling for the next two years. So they took a, a hot button issue out of play off the table and they set up an overall framework that said, here's what we want to do so we can pass those 12 spending bills and actually fund the government for the next year. They've got a framework now for the discussions, and they're supposed to start working in earnest on passing that legislation in September. We are all cautiously optimistic that they can do that so we don't have any sort of threat of a government shutdown or a stoppage, and and the taxpayers get the best bang for their buck as opposed to Congress just kind of pushing the budget out and pushing it out and not getting it done. If they're able to actually implement that agreement and start passing some of these annual bills and having the president sign them to give more direction to the federal bureaucracy about how to spend funds, that would probably build a little momentum and build a little goodwill on Capitol Hill and help propel them toward passing some other legislation like, say, surface transportation authorization next year. It it, it helps build muscle memory and it gets the members, Republicans and Democrats, used to, to working with each other and kind of teaches them the benefits of being productive as opposed to just saying no to each other and 
threatening each other with shutdowns and ultimatums. So I'm, I'm going to watch to see if they're able to implement that agreement and start to build some legislative momentum and a sense of goodwill that then could help us maybe work on a surface bill next year. Either way, though, you think even a short extension is most likely going to be the outcome prior to the November presidential election? I do. I'd have to think for a long time to remember the last time they actually passed a full-fledged authorization on time without any sort of delay or extension. I think you'd have to probably go back to the late 80s or early 90s to do that. It just takes a little bit of time, and everybody is interested on Capitol Hill in a surface bill because everybody's got a road or a bridge they want to work on. And to make certain you get a bill that can pass, you've got to build a lot of support for it, and that usually takes longer than you think. Next week, we'll continue to explore the debate and decisions impacting federal transportation spending and policy in original conversations with those working on these issues here in Washington. That's Wednesday, August 28th on Hard Facts, a podcast production of the Portland Cement Association. I'm Robert Johnson. I'll see you then.